Good afternoon. I am Pastor Antonio Eubanks of Heat Ministries, where we believe in using the Word of God to heal, empower, and teach, so that you may be properly equipped to help establish the kingdom of God and its principles in your families, communities, and world. If you're in the metro Atlanta area, we invite you to attend our Sunday service for a life-impacting experience. Please visit our website at heatministries.org for more information. We would love to hear from you. But for now, we pray that you enjoy this message. God bless. You get discouraged. <laughs> you get discouraged. And see, that's what happens. You don't even realize it. <laughs> we don't went through all these kind of stuff. Distractions, doubt, past, praise, you know, fear, word, all that stuff. And all that stuff, all this, all this, sir, all this down to do is what? To discourage you. That's the root. See, all that other stuff are the limbs. The distractions, that's a limb. The, the, the doubt, that's a limb. The fear, the worry about your past, that, that's a limb. Because the enemy knows that if I can get you to worry about your past long enough, you'll think, well, that's how I always been. That's how I always has been. So it ain't going to ever be no better than it always already have been. What does that do? That discourages you from going forward. Amen. When he distracts you and he put he put he put that person in your path or that job, whatever he uses to distract you, he gives you distracted so much that then you end up not obtaining what God has for you. So then that gets you what discouraged because you know you're missing something. When you had a fear and a doubt, you're afraid to bust past your limitation. You're afraid to go past your comfort zone. So you never obtain, you never fulfill your potential. So you see other people fulfilling their potential, doing their giftings, doing what they're supposed to do. So then you do what? You get discouraged. Amen. That's what the enemy is ultimately goal is, is to discourage you. He uses other things, other methods, don't get me wrong. He uses, he uses his, his old tools, the same tools of, 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 of uh, doubt, worry, and fear. He placed that doubt in your head like he did, like he did the woman in the garden. You know, God lied to you. You know, surely you won't die. Boom, doubt. So then worry. Maybe God is holding some stuff back from it. Then fear. Maybe God don't love you. And so, but see, all that's there to discourage you, to take away that courage that God placed in you. Because God said what? I did not give you a spirit of what? Fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. So he gave you a spirit of power. Power is courage. So the enemy is saying, you know what? I got to take that thing back what God gave you. I got to some kind of way attack that thing. If I can get you to become discouraged, then I don't even have to deal with you no more. Because now you'll become a self-fulfilling prophecy. You'll discourage yourself. You'll begin to you'll begin to speak against yourself. You'll begin to say things like like again. This is how my past was. My mom was like that. My grandma was like that. So I guess I'm gonna be like that. It's, it's handed down. It's a, and then we start speaking things about that. It's generational curses. Which don't get me wrong, those do exist. But why are we talking about things like generational curses when we got the power to say, what about generational blessings? Because the word of God says that a good man has inheritance for his children's children. And inheritance don't always mean money. What are you passing down to your children's children? Are you passing down faith? Are you passing down honor? Are you passing down accountability, responsibility, respectability? Do you respect yourself? Are you passing those things down? But see, the enemy says, you know what? I need to discourage them. Because if I can just discourage them, if I can just remove that from them, then I got them. I got them. Because here's the best part about discouraging. Not that there's a good part, but go with you know what I'm saying. Because if I can discourage Jay sitting right there and I can get her discouraged, then what ends up happening? Jay know people, right? What's the old saying? Misery love what? Company. See, health, being healthy, whether you're talking about spiritually, financially, physically, whatever, being healthy is not contagious. 
I can't be healthy and make you healthy by being by sitting next to you. But if I come in here and it's coughing and sneezing and all that stuff, all I, I ain't even really even got to sit by you. I can just come in the room and do all that and infect the entire room. You can bring your discouragement into a room and not even talk to nobody and infect the whole room. That's why the enemy wants to discourage you. Turn to your scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 27. So we can drill on down in this thing. And keep your Bibles out because you will be turning. 1, 27, 1 Samuel chapter 27. And I'm going to start in verse 1. 1 Samuel chapter 27. And it says, Then David said to himself, now I will perish one day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than to escape into the land of the Philistines. Saul then will despair of searching for me anymore in all the territory of Israel, and I will escape from his hand. So David arose and crossed over, he and the 600 men who were with him, to assist the son of Maok, king of Gath. And David lived with the shish, ooh, they're going to make me cuss almost, and Gath, he and his men, each with his household, even David with his two wives, Anahom, the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the Carmelites, Nabal's widow. Now it was told Saul that David had fled to Gath, so he no longer searched for him. Amen. I know it's some hard names up in there. I don't like some of these biblical names, but we're going to work with it anyway. Amen. Because see, what we have is the main part is the story starting in verse 1. He says, then David said to himself, key, David said to himself, catch that. David said to who? To Saul? To his men? No, David said to himself. See, that's where discouragement first starts. When you start talking to yourself. See, the enemy will come in and drop that little seed, but he don't have that much power. We give him way too much credit. All he can do is set up the scenario. He sets up the scene, kind of like the reality show. They set up the scenario. I know if I put them two people together, they're going to cuss each other out, and then we're going to get good ratings. But they can't make them cuss each other out. They just set up the scenario. That's all the devil do. He set up the scenario. He set up the situation, the temptations, the doubt, the put in your head. Because then at that point, you start speaking to yourself. And he said, David said to himself, now I will perish one day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than to escape into the land of the Philistines. There is nothing better for me. What does that sound like? Sound like he's losing hope. Because he's saying, ain't nothing better for me but this. Ain't nothing better for me. I ain't no use me even trying no more. Ain't nothing better for me. He's saying all this stuff to who? He's saying all this stuff to who? Come on with me now. Walk this thing with me. Amen. And then he says, I'm going to do all this because then Saul will, will, will stop searching for me. And then I'll be able to escape his hand. See, what we got here right now is we got... We got where David has been discouraged. Discouragement has, has gotten a hold of David. And, and, and the funny part about it is if you go back to verse 25, this is right after Saul had said, David, blessed are you, my son David. You will both accomplish much and surely prevail. So David went on his way and Saul returned to his place. So right after he got blessed by Saul, he turns around and says, Saul going to try to kill me one day. Now, true enough, it was true. And God was probably sending this word through the Holy Spirit to David. But instead of David standing on the fact of who he was in God, instead of David standing on the fact that I faced the lion, the bear, and Goliath, he starts getting his mind, I need to run from this man. I need to run from him because he's going he gonna to kill me. So he starts what was used to be faith, and he turns it in reverse and starts developing fear. Just from that seed of doubt. Just from that seed of doubt. 
Just like Elijah did. We can go over the story about Elijah. Just from the letter of Jezebel. When she sent that letter to him, he ran into the cave and said, you know what? All the prophets gone. Everybody, people don't want to serve God no more. God, you just need to take me out. I just want to kill myself. Discouragement comes in. See, sometimes it doesn't matter how blessed you've been. It doesn't matter how much God has put into your life. It don't matter how much God is using you. Discouragement can come about. Amen. Amen. There's nobody sitting in this room right now that cannot tell me that at one point in your life that you have not been discouraged. That's why I know that this message will apply to every single person in this room. Everybody in this room. And that's why this message will, one, be hard to get through, two, be hard to listen to, because the enemy don't want you to get the keys to this. So I'm giving you warning right now that you might need to, like your teacher say, sit up in your chair, put your thinking cap on, and be ready to truly receive everything that's coming out. Because the enemy don't want you to get this. If the enemy can keep you where you keep discouraging yourself, where he can keep you down in your pity party, when you're inviting everybody else in, if the enemy can keep you there, then he got you. He don't want you to get this. So I'm telling you that so that you will know what he's trying to do. The thoughts he's rushing in your head right now. All that stuff that's coming through your head is not of what's being taught right now. Get it out. Take control of your thoughts. It says hold every thought captive. If you got to stand up and say, God, hallelujah, I won't get mad because I know you're trying to block discouragement. Amen. 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 Because, see, what we're going to talk about is discouragement and where it can lead you to. Because, see, discouragement has a purpose. The enemy has a purpose. Just because we run around without no purpose half the time don't mean the enemy ain't got one. He says, I came. He said he came to what? Jesus said he came to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. He got his purpose, and he doing it. Stealing, killing, and destroying. He doing it. So we got to do our job. We got to get on our job. What is discouragement? Discouragement is made up of two words. You got the dis, D-I-S, and then you got courage. Discourage. Discourage. The prefix dis, as it's defined, it means apart or away. Or having a negative and reversing force. A negative or reversing force. That's what this is. Courage is the quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, pain without fear. The quality of mind, you can turn it off. The quality of mind or spirit, catch this, this is what courage is. The quality of your mind or your spirit that enables you to face difficulties, pain, Trials, tribulations, to face all that without fear. That's what courage is. So if you put this with the courage, then what happens? We said this is a part or a way or a negative or a reversing force. So we got a force that's coming against us. We got something that's trying to take away. We got something that's trying to pull us apart from what God created us to be. We got something that's trying to come in to take our quality of mind. We got something that's come in that's trying to take our quality of our spirit so that we can not face difficulties with, with faith, but we'll face them with fear. Discourage, it says, to deprive of courage, hope, or confidence. To dishearten, to dispirit. It says to deter by advice or persuasion. Ooh, that's a good one right there. See, because some of us are getting discouraged just by because we're being persuaded or we getting what we call advice. We're talking to the wrong folks. Remember, that's what last week, you know, be in the right company. Do you got people who carrying you up to the roof and going to dig that roof away or you got people who trying to drag you down? Who do you have in your life? Who's persuading you? Who has the most pull in your life? Amen? Amen. Then it says to obstruct by opposition or difficulty to hinder. That's what discourage, to, to obstruct, meaning you're going to have obstacles. There's something trying to come against you. There's an opposition. There's something trying to hinder you. See, that's what it is. That's what discouragement is. 
And sometimes it comes about suddenly. You don't even realize it. You just sitting there and all of a sudden you get discouraged. Just like David right here. He had just got blessed by Saul. And then it says in the very next verse, then David said to himself, now I will perish one day by the hand of Saul. There's nothing better for me to do than escape into the land of Philistines. See, these words right here, it spoke by, again, you got to remember who, who David is. David was anointed, and by this point, he had been anointed by Samuel to be king. He had been anointed a by a prophet to say, you're going to be king of Israel. How many of us have gotten good word? People come and spoke life into our life, saying that you're going to be great. You're going to be this. You're going to be more than what you what your parents were. You're going to be more than what you used to be. You're going to be of a great stature. But then all of a sudden, we forget all that. As soon as that little trial come up, as soon as that difficulty come up, or as soon as somebody say something to us out of the way that, that might, you know, hit us the wrong way. Because we give them more power. We give their words more power than the word of God. Somebody can come in and say, you're too old for that. And you'll give that more power than the word of God. You too, you too ugly for that. You too black for that. You too white for that. You too fill in the blank for that. And we'll give that more power than we give the word of God. And then we get discouraged. We get discouraged. He was, he was, he was anointed to become the king of Israel, but he was allowing discouragement to hold him back. We cannot allow discouragement to continue holding us back. Some of us will not get our breakthrough because we're going to break down. And we're going to break down because we get discouraged. Just like the people in the wilderness. They were walking around for 40 years. And the reason, the reason why they took so long is because they didn't hold on to the word of God. They kept on wanting to go back to what they was used to. Because they couldn't grab a hold of what God had for them. And that's what a lot of us would do sometimes. If it don't come fast enough for us, then we just go back to what we used to. I'm used to, I'm used to drinking all the time. I just start drinking it. I'm used to smoking weed. I just keep smoking. Because this ain't going to work out. So I might as well just go ahead and do this. You know what I'm saying? Then you got people even financially. I, I used to know people. Oh, I, ain't got a, I ain't got enough money to pay all my bills. So I might as well not pay none of them. I might as well just go party and blow this money. Buy me an outfit and hit the club. <laughs> the devil lives a lot. See, that's what happens. You get discouraged, so then you start breaking down. You might be right at the door of your breakthrough, but because it didn't happen at that right time, and, and so you get disappointed, and then there's discouragement. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Even the word disappointment, if you think about disappointment, we said this is what? Having a negative force or, or pulling you apart or taking away. Well, then what is an appointment? Appointment means it's a scheduled time with a person at a scheduled place at a scheduled time. Well, sometimes that disappointment only happens because you were taken away from the right person at the right time at the right place. Or you weren't with the right person at the right time, at the right place. You had a disappointment. That ain't your appointment. God said that wasn't your appointment. You weren't supposed to be with that person and with that place at that time. So that's why you disappointed because that wasn't your appointment. I didn't have that schedule for you. That's called grace. I'm going to say that one from you. It's something else I just can't let you get in because you will never get out of so I'm going to hold that back from you. That's what we get. Then we get discouraged. We get discouraged because it says that, that David was speaking to himself. And see, we even have Peter. We got examples of Peter where he got discouraged after he denied Christ. And it says that he wept and he, he was all upset and he just got discouraged. He got very discouraged. And I, I believe, it's not in the scripture, but I believe that, that he never fully recovered from that. And that's why Paul was able to take the gospel and spread it to the Gentiles, but the Jews who was, who Peter was really responsible for never fully received it. Because I think he never overcame missing the mark. 
But God says, I know you will miss. He told Peter that he was going to miss. God says, I know you don't miss the mark. I know you don't measure up. I know you ain't qualified. I know you ain't got enough money. I know you ain't got enough age. I know you ain't been here long enough. I know you ain't smart enough. I know you ain't cute enough. I know you don't dress right. I know you don't talk right. I know you don't act right. I know you ain't living right. I know you ain't walking right. I know you don't smell right. I know you don't look right. But guess what? I can overcome all that. Yes. I can overcome all that. Don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. Count what you do have. You got me. You got God. If you got God, it says in the word of God, what? If you got God, if God is for you, then what? Who can be against you? Who can be against you? See, that's the part we, we probably question, is God for us? Well, I'm here to tell you, yes, he is. Because Paul said, there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. He don't care how much you done did in your life. He said there's nothing that can separate you from his love. Not nothing. No thing. Now he's not, don't get me wrong, he's not saying that you just keep doing what you're doing and thinking everything's going to be alright. But he's saying I'm, I, nothing can separate you from my love because I'm going to give you time to get it right. I'm going to give you time to get it right. See, even Samson, he lost, he lost his anointing. When he, because because he got discouraged because he gave it away to Delilah with the secrets he told her and then he got discouraged so much so that he basically pushed down the walls on himself and killing him and the Philistine because he got discouraged when does discouragement lead us it's a dangerous thing it's a dangerous thing we, we gotta fight this thing and I know it's hard I, I can sense it you, you fight through this message, but I want you to get this thing because I'm telling you, discouragement will be your key to the next breakthrough that you're trying to get to because everybody will experience discouragement. There's plenty of stuff I might send up here and teach that it might not affect your life or it used to affect your life, but I guarantee you, if you ain't discouraged now, if you ain't discouraged then, you will be discouraged later. It is not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So when that discouragement comes on, when that negative force comes on, because there's a force that is opposing everything that God wants for you. There's a force that is trying to pull you away from God. There's a force that's saying, you know what? I don't want you to have those things. I know what you're supposed to have, and I ain't going to let you have it. There is a force that is in opposition. And as long as that force is out there, that will be discouragement. So you will have to fight this thing. And this is this is this is why, because it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Here, and it shows us right here in 27. David says, There is nothing better for me than to escape into the land of the Philistines. Somebody help me with that right there. And that's not rhetorical. David escapes. He's saying, Paul, Saul is going to try to kill me. Saul is coming after me. He, I'm going to die in his hands. So I need to escape from him. I need to get away from this man. I need to leave Israel where my covering is, where God is. I need to leave all that because, because of one man, because of Saul. And I need to escape to the Philistines. Is, is anybody catching that? David going to the Philistines. Does anybody remember the story? What was Goliath? What was Goliath? A Philistine. Who are the Philistines to the Israelites? Enemies. Enemies. David is an Israelite who killed the Philistine Goliath. And his men had killed many more Philistines. So because of his discouragement, because of what he's feeling, because of him talking to himself, and he's losing his quality of mind and spirit, he leaves his covering, he leaves his place of abundance, his place of prosperity, his place of anointing, and he runs to the enemy. He runs to the enemy. That's why discouragement is so dangerous. Because discouragement will have you leaving your place where you're supposed to be and have you running to the enemy. And have you running to the enemy. 
That's why discouragement, he'll have you going back to your own thing. Some of the scriptures say it's like a dog returning to his vomit. The things that you gave up, the things that you tried to quit, the things that you tried to let go, the people you tried to stop hanging around, the places you start trying to go. As soon as discouragement comes in and you say, God, I, it just ain't happening fast enough for me. I'm trying to walk this thing right, but it ain't acting. You, it just ain't coming together. I can't see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. I might as well go back to what I'm used to. And I remember this scene in my favorite movie, Matrix. And, and, and he's in the he's in the back seat of the car with Trinity. I like that. See, he's in the back seat of the car Trinity. with Trinity. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I love that movie. But anyway, and he 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 really not wanting to deal with this this new thing that that he's getting ready to go into. He he because it's still an old part. That's how we are. This is, when new things are come, we still got some old stuff on us, and we we don't really want to accept that thing because because it's, it's nothing like being familiar. Amen. Because, see, we walk into a room full of people, what's the first thing you do? You look for somebody you know. And then even in this in, in this country, you know, whether it's good, bad, or different, you walk into a room full of people and you don't know nobody, then the next thing you do is you do what? You look for somebody who look like you, meaning they, they, they your same race possibly, or they dress like you, or they dance like you. When I was in college, we go to a certain club. I can look around the club. I can see folks dancing. Okay, they from the ATL, so we, <laughs> I can go over here and hang with them because they the ATL. You just know them when you see them. <laughs> but but Neo was in the back of his car. Neo means new. Something new was in the back of the car with Trinity, and he wanted to get out. So they stopped. She say, "Stop the car." Say what God say sometimes. Stop the car. Okay, I'm gonna stop all movement, and then she opens the door up. And then the scene where they got the camera, it shoots down this long road. And she just tells him, you already know where that road goes. You've been there before. Why don't you try something else? And that's what God is saying. He opened the door for some of y'all. You already done been down that road before. You know where that road go. You know where it lead to. You know, you familiar with that. You got the familiar spirits are over there waiting on you. They, they, they know what you, they waiting, open arms for you. You know where that road go. But why don't you just stay in the car? And I promise you, if you stay in the car, then you will experience something that you have never, ever experienced in your life. I promise you that you will have something that you've never had in your life. Yeah. Will it always be daffodils and roses? No. It won't always be good. It won't always smell right. It won't always look right. But I'm telling you that your worst day riding in the car is better than your best day outside of it. Stay in the car. Stay in the car. Because, see, it says right here, he ran to the Philistines. And, and that's crazy. It's like, how do you go to the enemy? And he, he looked at it as an escape. He says, I'm going to escape Saul by going to the enemy. What kind of logic is that? That lets you know that discouragement will take your quality of mind. You won't even be thinking right. Because you go escape to the enemy, not from the enemy, but to, but to the enemy. That don't make sense. Because see, we right now we ain't discouraged in our mind. So we reevaluate David like, David, you stupid. <laughs> but see, sometimes we need to look at ourselves and say, Antonio, you stupid. <laughs> you gonna escape to the enemy? You gonna go back to that? See when I start when I when I start smoking weed, it was plenty of times that when I get discouraged and like, okay, well God, what what you gonna do next in my life? I don't feel nothing new. I don't feel all this great grandeur, all these promises that you promised me once I gave up. I don't see all that. And I'm here to tell you I still haven't seen some of it yet. But and, and when I first had stopped, there was time that I would get discouraged and it'd be like, man, you know what? I might well just go on back doing what I used to do. Because at least I was having fun escaping to the enemy. Escaping to the enemy. But here's why this is dangerous. Here's why this is dangerous right here. Go to verse 12 in that same, in that same verse, in that same chapter. I'm going to show you right here. 27, verse 12. I hope this is helping somebody. If it ain't number one, amen. Because if the rest of you want to stay discouraged, then stay that way. But don't, again, fake me. Don't, don't come around that place with me. 
I'm trying to stay healthy. Amen. Amen. And, and, and right now, I'm, I'm trying to give you some spiritual immunity. But, 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 and, and, and we got to see the attack before we can take the, take the little immunity medicine coming up. But verse 12, it says that, I ain't even going to say his name, come tell you that name, boy. So that dude right there believed David, saying he has surely made himself odious among his people Israel. Therefore, he will become my servant forever. That word odious, all that means is that he's made himself unrespectful. He's made himself an enemy of Israel. He's made himself not one with Israel. And therefore, he will become my servant forever. Are we catching that? See, when the devil is tempting you and discouraging you and saying, they don't understand you, come over here. Mm -hmm. They don't love you like I do, come over here. They don't want you like I do, come over here. Because it says in the prior verses that they, they, oh, they, they accepted David. They said, come on back. Come on over here. We, we cool. They even gave David some land. You read them verses. They gave David his own little land he could have. See, the enemy will bless you with some stuff. He'll make it seem all good. Everything cool, boy. Ain't no party over here. We scraped all what? Come on. I know. No, they don't understand you. They always judging you over there. They won't let you just be over there. They always talking about you over here. They don't love you. They don't want you. They say you too old over here. They say you too broke over here. They say you ain't got enough over here. You ain't popular enough over here. You too nerdy over here. You ain't got it going on over there. Come on over here where we at. Come on. Come on. But see, as soon as the enemy pulls you in, and he lulls you in, he brings you in, he, here, here his plan is revealed. The man says, therefore, he will become my servant forever. Mm. See, that's the enemy's retirement plan. Mm. It says that the wages of sin is death. See, the, the enemy will pull you in. He'll hire you. He'll bring you on his team. But his retirement plan is death. Wow. Mm. You don't get out of it with nothing. Amen. Amen. See, you got to remember Samson. See, all the devil really wants you to do is go to sleep for just a little while. You don't need to do nothing but sleep just for a little bit. Because see what happened? The lion said, baby, just tell me what, what your secret is. Just tell me. And he kept fighting. He kept fighting. But eventually he laid his, he laid his head down in her lap. Lord have mercy. And she probably started stroking his head and everything. Next thing you know, he knocked out. Sleep. And it didn't take but a couple of seconds after he went to sleep that they done wrapped him up in chains. They done cut his hair, which was his power, and done wrapped him up in chains. That's all the enemy trying to do with you when he trying to discourage you is to get you to go to sleep just long enough. Sleep on the word of God just long enough. Sleep on the people who trying to encourage you long enough. Sleep on the people who trying to walk this thing out with you just long enough so that they can cut you, cut your hair, meaning cut your anointing, cut your covering, cut what's holding you so that they can put you in the chains. And now you're in bondage. Now you're trapped. And for some of us, forever. Because the whole thing is, the enemy don't even want you to know that you've been trapped. Yes. The enemy don't even want you to know that you've been caught up in his territory. He'll make you think everything is good. Your life will be fine. Stuff will be happening. You have, you know, money, cars, people, everything going on. But it says, what does a man gain to prosper the world but what? Lose his soul. Lose his soul, meaning lose your mind, you lose your will, and you lose your emotions. You no longer in control of those things. When you get discouraged, you know sometimes you'll act out of character because you're not in your mind. Where is that discouragement? It, it can lead you into those things. But see, here's the, here's the thing. We know what it is and we know where it leads us to. But now I'm, I'm closing out with the good part. Amen. Somebody say the good part. Because, see, we got to know what a thing is, and we got to know the, the ramifications of that thing. But, see, God 
being who he is, he ain't gonna just leave you out there like that. He know what the enemy trying to do. He said, but you know what? I got weapons. He said, my weapons are what? Not carnal, but they are mighty for bringing down what? Stronghold. So no matter what's holding you strongly, no matter what's got you all held up, no matter what's got you bound, he says that my weapons are mighty. I can bring down strongholds. Amen. Amen. We got to know what those weapons are. We got to know what those weapons are. The weapons are what? The word of God. Discouragement is never found where hope is. See, when you got hope, discouragement can't exist there because you're so full of hope, there's nothing else that can pull in, pour inside of you. But that hope can't be some of this wishing and oppression and thinking and saying and all that stuff and saying all these little cliche words like, you know, blessed and highly favored and I'm the head and I'm not the tail. But how do you know you the head? How do you know what the tail is? How do you know where you're supposed to be going? How do you know you're blessed coming in and coming out if you don't know what the words say? See, you can't just say it. The devil don't respond to scripture. What? I can't believe he just said that. No, the devil don't respond to scripture. The devil responds to your belief in that scripture. Because the devil knows scripture himself. And it ain't changed him. Did you get that? The devil knows scripture himself. He was quoting scripture all to Jesus. But it ain't changed him none. That like come to church every Sunday thinking you're gonna turn into a Christian. Woo. Then you might well sit in your garage and think you're gonna turn into a car. <laughs> it ain't gonna happen. <laughs> it ain't gonna happen. But see, turn, we we finish we finish finish this thing up with a with a quick little Bible study, real fast. Turn it up. Psalm chapter, Psalm chapter 43. Psalm chapter 43. Because see, this is where we got to know where the hope comes from. The hope comes from the word of God. Amen. Amen. Psalm chapter 43, verse 5 says, Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why are you disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. What is that really saying? Break it all the way down. Why are you upset? Why are you tripping? Why are you going through all this? Why are you disturbed within me? See, you got to be talking to yourself. What does the song say? You got to what? Encourage yourself. Sometimes it ain't going to be nobody around. Your mama ain't going to be around. Your friends ain't going to be around. Your pastor and all them ain't going to be around. You got to encourage yourself. Why are you upset? My mind, why are you like this? Why are you tripping? Why are you disturbed? Hope is in God. For y'all shall what? Praise him. So you got to praise. That's what started off. You got to count your blessings. Lord, I thank you for everything. Yes. Lord, no matter what I'm going through, my hope is in you. I stand on you, my solid rock. It doesn't matter what I'm going through because I know that in the end that I'm going to come out of this thing. Because you say, yay, do I walk through the valley of this shadow of death. I ain't going to feel what? No evil. Why? Because you are with me. Why? Your rod and your staff, they do what? They comfort me. See, you got to know those things when you're walking through. How can you be discouraged when you really got that inside? That's why he's saying, why are you disturbed within me? Because see, it's in you, the enemy in you, within me. What is in me? What is in me? You're going to either have the enemy in you or you're going to have the word in you. Yeah. So you can stir that thing up. Amen. Because see, the hope I'm talking about is, is a Bible hope. And that, what that hope is, is expectation. It says that, it says what? Faith, faith is the substance of things, what? Hoped for. But see, we look at hope like the world look at hope. I hope it's going to work out. I hope my bills going to get paid. I hope I find a job. That's a wish. See, God is not a land. We can't wish on God. We got to hope on God. That word hope is brought down to expectation. What are you expecting from God? But see, you can't expect something from somebody that you don't spend no time with. Don't call me up on the phone if you ain't going to spend no time with me. I, I just think you're trying to use me. God saying the same thing. Why are you just going to call me on Sunday? When I'm trying to wake you up Sunday night, Monday night, and Monday morning, Tuesday morning, I'm trying to spend some time with you. So that when you're going through those things, you'll say, you know what? That's like water off a duck back. I ain't even worried about it. See, there's one thing that's good about a duck. 
See, a duck will never let you know what it's going through when it's swimming. Because, see, when you see a duck on the water, it's just like this. Smooth. You don't see the feathers moving. The head ain't moving. They just, they just straight ahead. Just floating across the water. But below that water, they legs is like this. <laughs> see, because they know, they know that no matter what I got going on beneath the surface, it's getting me to where I got to go. See, that's what God is trying to tell some of y'all. No matter what's going on around you right now, believe. It says that all things work good for those who love God. Amen. So no matter what you're going through, it's getting you the way you got to go. Amen. Turn to, turn to Jeremiah chapter 29. This is, this is your immunity food. We, we just did Psalms 43.5, Jeremiah 29. Get these scriptures down so when you start losing hope, you can pull these up. Jeremiah 29. For the sake of time, I'm just going to run with it. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Because I want you to see it ain't got nothing to do with me. This is the word of God. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares Antonio. Ain't nobody going to say that. See, y'all ain't even with me. Declares the Lord. Thank you. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Because it ain't what I'm saying. No, it don't matter what I say. Because what I say ain't going to stand up to what the enemy got in your life. What God say is what you're going to have to fight the enemy with. He says, for I know the plans that I have for you. That make it personal. He is safe for all of Israel. He is safe for all the Greeks, the Gentiles, and the Americans, or whoever. He said, for you. He said, for you, declares the Lord. And he's saying it's a declaration. That means that I'm making it happen. I'm sitting like a king on my throne. And what I declare is a decree and it's got to go forth. It cannot return to me void. He says, it's declaring that I know the plans for your welfare. Meaning everything that fares for you is going to be well. He ain't talking about the welfare from the government that they're trying to cut back. He's talking about your welfare so that things can be good for you. Your welfare and not for calamity. Meaning, it's not, I'm not trying to bring calamity to your life. He said, if you're going through some things, don't blame it on me. He says, I didn't send it to you, but I can use it through you. Amen. He says, I didn't make the trouble happen, but I can use the trouble to make you better. Amen. He says, to give you a future and a hope. So that means that you got a future. That means that, guess what? That means that tomorrow is coming. And the hope. Meaning, you can expect it. You can expect it. So don't get don't get discouraged in today. Don't get discouraged in the present circumstances. Don't let your current circumstance determine your destiny. He says, don't get discouraged. Amen. Turn to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. We still in the Old Testament. Turn back. You'll find it. Joshua chapter 1. Get these, get these spiritual vitamins in so that when you get discouraged, write it down if you got to so you can pull these scriptures up. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. He says, I have not commanded you. Oh, have I not commanded you? Meaning, have I not told you? Have I not commanded? Meaning, have I not ordered you to be strong and courageous? Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you sometimes. Where you go? All the time. Help me out then. Work with me. What is saying the word right there? See, I do that on purpose because I got to see if you're there with me. Because, see, you're supposed to be rejoicing when you see stuff like that. Because it said, do not tremble or be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He said, I'm with you at the crack house. I'm with you when you're hanging in the place you ain't supposed to be. I'm with you all the time. You can't separate yourself from me. You think you can hide from me when you're over there in the corner doing the things you ain't supposed to be doing. But guess what? I'm there too. He said, but if you really want to line up, don't be worried about when trouble comes in your life. Don't tremble. Don't be dismayed. Because wherever you are, I'm there. And if I'm there, you ain't got nothing to worry about. Amen. So that's what you gotta that's what you gotta get into your into your heart. Turn to 1 Corinthians. We're in the New Testament. Get these nuggets in. I'm, I'm almost finished. I want you to have enough. Because see, because you don't got a message like this, the enemy will try to attack. He will, I'm giving you warning right now. He will try to come in and get you discouraged, but you're gonna fight him right back like Jesus did with this word of God. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. It says, 
Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, meaning stay fast, be steady, don't move, stand strong. He said, like Paul said in Ephesians, when you don't die all that you can do, you just stand. Don't let nothing move you off your mark. He said, be steadfast, immovable, don't move, don't be able to be moved. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, meaning always try to do what God wants you to do, knowing that your toil is not in vain. Meaning that all the stuff that you've done, trying to sow seed, trying to be right, trying to live right, trying to do the right thing, trying to be accountable, trying to be responsible, trying to be on time, trying to be patient, trying to endure, trying to persevere, trying to overcome, trying to walk right. All the stuff you've been trying, he said, don't think that that stuff is in vain. I done saw it. I done heard it. I done felt it. He says, don't worry about it. He said, beloved brethren, be steadfast. It is not in vain. It is not in vain. He has heard everything. He has heard everything. And lastly, turn to Romans 15. Romans 15. Are y'all getting this? Yes, amen. Because see, I done got a little excited because you know you got to encourage yourself. It ain't nothing like the word of God. Because when you see it in here, this is your receipt book. See, this, this is the thing I like to do with God. See, you know, sometimes we pray our own prayers. We pray all this stuff, and we try to sound holy, and all this dust said the Lord, and I thank you, my Father, most high, <laughs> heavenly Father. No, God say, give me my word back to me. Yeah, that's right. Give me my word back to me, because then I can go to God and say, if in the middle of my discouragement, I can say, you know what, God? You said in your word, Father, you said that I should not be dismayed. You said in your word that I should stand steadfast and not be immovable. You said, God, that if I do that thing, then what I'm doing is not in vain, Father God. You said that in your word, that if you are for me, then nothing can be against me. See, when you start sending the word back to God, God got to respond. Because he said in his word that his word should not return to him. What? Void. Amen. Lastly, I said what? Romans 15. Romans 15. Look at verse 13. Because this is how it all comes together. It says, Now, may the God of hope, may the God of hope, may the God of what? Expectation. Not wishing. Not Aladdin. But the God of expectation. See, what is that expectation? You got to expect. See, see, a pregnant woman. A pregnant woman ain't hoping that the baby is. She expecting, she expecting the baby. That's why we call it. Well, are you expecting? Right. That means you expecting something to come out of you? Or are you hoping something come out? No, they're expecting. And then they got to what? Push. Sometimes you got to just push that thing on through. You got to birth that thing on up out of you because you are expecting. But see, you won't even push if you're not expecting. That's why some of y'all can't push through to your breakthrough because you ain't expecting. And you're not expecting because you're not pregnant. And you're not pregnant because you won't get impregnated. That's how it breaks down. Amen. I ain't trying to beat you up. I'm just trying to tell you the truth. Amen. Amen. We can do this. <laughs> Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope, expectation, fill you. See, there's that impregnation. You ain't even got to do it. Are y'all catching that in the word? He says, may the God of hope fill who? You. It's personal again. He ain't talking to all the Israelites and where you got to maybe interpret and, and, and analyze who he's talking to. He said, you. He's talking to you. He says, may he fill you. You ain't got to do this for yourself. All you got to do is say, God, fill me up with your expectation. Fill me up. And it says, fill you with all joy and peace. So you're getting everything. Because he's the God of hope. So that means that if he's the God of hope, he says in Genesis that uh, the seed will bear after their own kind. So if he's the God of hope, then he's going to fill you with, first of all, what? Hope. Expectation. Because he can't give you something that he's not. Amen. And everything that he is, he can give you. So he says, I'm going to fill you with expectation. I'm going to fill you with joy. Because see, once you get expectation, you can't help but have joy. Because you know, and guess what? I'm expecting some things from God. I don't know when it's going to come. If it's nine months, ten months, eleven months. But the fact is, I know this baby going to drop. And if I got to walk around the block five times until the baby drop, if I got to do jumping jacks until the baby come out, then I'm going to come make it come out. Amen. Because I'm expecting. And then it says, peace 
joy and peace. See, once you get expectation, then you have that joy, then you can sit back in peace. You're not troubled by the things that's going on around you. You can have peace because you, even in the bad stuff, you're saying, God got this. God got this. I'm not worried about this. And then it says, in believing, so that you will abound in hope. There it is. So now you can abound in hope. I done filled you with all this stuff, so now you can abound. What does abound mean? I mean, you can go above and beyond in your expectation. And how? You ain't even got to do it in your own power. Right there it says what? By the power of what? The Holy Spirit. Ain't God good? See, you ain't got to do this by yourself. You ain't got to do this by yourself. See, David didn't stay discouraged because that song we read, the very first one, that was him talking to himself also. The Psalm 43, why are you cast down my soul? Why are you dismayed and disgusted and all that? That was him talking to himself. That's where they get the song from. You got to encourage yourself. See, David didn't stay that way. Elijah didn't stay that way. He got up out that cave and he said, you know what? I'm finna go and move with God. Paul and Silas didn't stay discouraged when they was locked up. They started praising in them that gone sell. And what happened? It says they got broke free as well as the people. And then they even converted the jailer to a Christian. Amen. Amen. So you got to understand what God is trying to do with your life in this discouragement. See, if you've been discouraged, Satan is trying to get you to turn back. He's trying to get you to come back to the enemy's camp. He's trying to get you to say, you know what, this, this thing ain't working out for me. This thing ain't working out for me. It's not how I thought it was going to be. It's somebody lied to me. Because I thought when I accepted God that I was going to be, you know, happy all the time. God says, that's not the truth. You can have expectation, but you're not always going to have that epidural to get you through pregnancy. You got to deliver this thing in all the pain. You like this song saying, turn up a little bit. She's saying, if it wasn't for the shaking or the pressing or the breaking, the beating, but she said, you never would have knew how anointed. See, sometimes your trouble only shows up. It's not there. The enemy sent it down for the discouragement, but God can use it to say, you know what? You didn't even know who you were until that stuff showed up. You didn't know how good you were until the trouble showed up. Pressure either bust pipes or make diamonds. You didn't know that you was a diamond until you got pressed. You were sitting on gifts. You were sitting on talent. You were sitting on blessings and anointing and power. You didn't know all that stuff was there until you started getting pressed. Let's use the enemy for what he tried to come. The enemy, what he meant for bad, I can turn it for good. Amen? That's what we got to understand. Do not, do not, if you don't get nothing out of what was just taught, do not allow the enemy to come and discourage you from what God has for you. Now, don't get me wrong. I didn't say discouragement won't come. See, I, I, I didn't teach that. If you notice that, I never said that if you know all these things, you won't be discouraged. I did not say that. What I'm saying is what you can do when discouragement comes.